Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Let Your Yes Be Yes, as we pick up in Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 5. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Now Jesus, in a sense, tells us that we should not swear. I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is God's footstool. But when you say yes, just let it be yes. When you say no, let it be no. Just be a person of your word. Don't have to be a person that takes an oath, you know, to prove, oh, I'm telling the truth, you know, by my mother's name, you know, or by heaven or whatever uh, that a person may take an oath by. Lord says you, you shouldn't have to do that to affirm the truth. Just speak the truth. Let your yes be a yes. Let your no be a no, rather than having to swear by something other than yourself, something higher than yourself. But God, when he desired to make a firm commitment, because he could swear by no higher, he swore by himself. And that is, of course, you can't get anything more sure than that. When God says, I swear by myself that I will do it, (laughs) man, there's nothing in the world more sure than that. You say, well, we're sure the sun will come up tomorrow morning. No, you're not. But if God declares it, then you can be sure. And if God swears by himself that it will, then you can know. There is no question. There is no doubt. And so God really is laying it on just as heavy. This is it. This is your final. I swear by myself. I will just make this place a desolation. I For thus saith the Lord unto the king's house of Judah, Thou art Gilead unto me, and the head of Lebanon. Yet surely I will make thee a wilderness, and the cities which are not inhabited. Gilead and Lebanon, beautiful areas, forested and all. And that's what you are to me, but surely I'm going to make you just a desolate wilderness. I will prepare the destroyers against the every one with his weapons, and they shall cut down your choice cedars and cast them into the fire. And many nations shall pass by this city, and they shall say every man to his neighbor, Why has the Lord done this unto this great city? Then they shall answer, because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord their God and worshiped other gods and served them. So this place that was once so glorious and so beautiful, really the pride of the earth for glory and beauty, is going to be laid waste and desolate and become as a wilderness, and people will pass by and they say, why in the world did God Do this to this area, to this place. Why such desolation? And the answer will come back because they have forsaken the covenant of God and worshiped other gods. Now, God had made a covenant with the nation Israel. 
a covenant whereby they would be his people and he would be their God. There were several factors to this covenant that God had made, several special aspects to the covenant. One of them was the Sabbath day. That was a special covenant between God and Israel forever, their observance of the Sabbath day. Another aspect to the covenant was the circumcision of the males. Another aspect of the covenant was that their approach to God was to be through the sacrifice of animals. For sinful man cannot approach a holy God. And God had said in his covenant, for without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sins. And so God established in his covenant with them the various sacrifices that they would offer unto the Lord, the sin offering the peace offerings, the whole burnt offerings, the meal offerings. Now God said, you've broken the covenant. It is interesting to me today that they are still not keeping the whole covenant with God. Though they observe the Sabbath and though they will not eat meat with dairy products and though they still follow circumcision, Yet they have tried to circumvent that portion of the covenant whereby God made provision for their covering of their sins. And they offer no sacrifice. There is no shedding of blood without which God said there is no remission. But they now through some strange quirk seek to approach God on the basis of their own works and their own goodness. Now, where did this come from? Surely not from God or God's word. This was one of man's substitutes that was introduced by man and picked up by the people and now followed by them religiously. So that on that great day of the year, Yom Kippur, when the priest was to go in and offer the atonement for the nation and for the sins of the nation, that day, the greatest day of the year really for them, when the high priest that one day would enter into the presence of God within the Holy of Holies and there offer the sacrifice unto the Lord for the atonement of the sin of the nation. That day is now devoted to Meditation upon your good works and upon your evil works and hopefully balancing out with a little bit on the good works side so that your good works overbalance your evil works. And this is my acceptance before you, God. And yet right here in the prophecy of Jeremiah, he declares, your works are as filthy rags in the eyes of God. What a tragedy. Here they are trying to offer filthy rags to God for the atonement of their sins. Can't be done. And so God said, you've broken the covenant. They continue to break the covenant to the present day. But of course, Jesus said when he took the cup, this is a new covenant. 
my blood which is shed for the remission of sins. You see, they could come to God now by the new covenant. But somehow in their minds, they feel that if they come to God by the new covenant, they will no longer be Jews. And this is a very weird perversion of the truth because they are not really keeping the true covenant of God, the shedding of blood for the remission of sins. But what they don't realize, they don't have to keep that part. What they have offered instead is their own works. But Paul the apostle writing to the Ephesians said, it's not our works, lest any man should boast. By grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself, it's a gift of God. Not of works lest any man should boast. And yet they are seeking to be accepted by God for their works that they do. But God will not accept any man's works as a atoning factor for that man. You cannot work your way into God's grace or into God's favor or into heaven. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Without the remission of sin, there is no fellowship with God. If you're to have fellowship with God, there has to be the righteous basis for fellowship. And right now, God has established a new covenant in the blood of Jesus Christ. This cup is my blood. A new covenant in my blood, which is shed for the remission of sins. So why did the Lord do this? Why is this once glorious city such a desolation? Because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord their God. They've worshiped other gods and served them. Weep not for the dead, neither bemoan him, but weep for him that is carried away. Those that are died, don't weep for them. They're out of it. They're out of their miseries. But weep for those that are being taken captive to Babylon, for they will never return again, nor see their native country. Of course, in a couple of chapters, we're going to find out that their captivity is going to last for 70 years. So there were a very, very few who did return, who can remember the former temple that they used to see when they were children. Old men now, probably in their 80s who were just children when they were taken captive, now returning to Jerusalem after the captivity. And as they lay the foundation for the rebuilding of the temple, and everybody's worshiping and excited, oh, glory, glory, these men are weeping because this is such a pitiful-looking thing in remembrance of the glorious temple that was once there. So... He is saying, don't weep for those that are slain. They are well off. Those that are being taken away to Babylon, they're the ones that are going to have continual suffering. Weep sore for those. For thus saith the Lord, touching Shalom, and this is Jehoiahaz, who was taken down to Egypt by the Pharaoh. He was the king of Israel for a period of time, but he was taken as a captive to Egypt. Thus saith the Lord concerning Shalom, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, 
which reigned instead of Josiah's father, which went forth out of this place, he's never going to come back again. But he shall die in the place where they have led him captive, and he will never see this land again. Jehoiahaz is going to die in Egypt. He'll never come back. Woe unto him that builds his house by unrighteousness. Now he's laying it on to King Zedekiah again, who built his house by unrighteousness and his chambers by wrong, that used his neighbor's service without wages. Because he was the king, he refused to pay those that worked upon his house. God's always for the laboring man. God's always for the underdog. God doesn't want you to rip anybody off, and especially those that can't afford it. But just nobody, really. God wants righteousness. Who used his neighbor's service without wages and gives him nothing for his work that says, I will build me a wide house and large chambers. And he cuts out windows and it's sealed with cedar and painted with vermilion. That must have been quite a house. Vermilion <laughs> walls and cedar ceilings. Shalt thou reign because you closed yourself in cedar? Did not your father eat and drink and do judgment and justice, and then it was well with him? He judged the cause of the poor, the needy, then it was well with him. Was not this to know me, saith the Lord? But your eyes and your heart are not but for your own covetousness, and for to shed innocent blood, and for oppression, and for violence to do it. Talking about his father, of course, going back to Josiah, and how that in his reign he was righteous before God, and God blessed him. He judged the cause of the poor, and it went well with him. But this king was covetousness. He was taking advantage of the people. Therefore, thus saith the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, they shall not lament for him, saying, Ah, my brother, or oh, sister. They shall not lament for him, saying, Oh, Lord, or ah, his glory. But he will be buried with the burial of an ass that is drawn and cast forth beyond the gates of Jerusalem. So the fearsome judgment against Jehoiakim, uh, the son of Josiah. Go up to Lebanon and cry. Lift up your voice in Bashan and cry from the passages, for all of the lovers are destroyed, all of your lovers. I spake unto thee in thy prosperity, but you said, I'll not listen. This has been your manner from your youth. You just haven't obeyed my voice. How many people in their prosperity have turned their heart from God? And God speaks to them, but they just won't hearken. They won't listen. But God said, this has been the, your case from the beginning. You just won't obey my voice. God help us that this not be the case of our own selves as God has spoken to us over and over in his word, as God has declared in his word how we are to walk and how we are to live after the spirit and not after the flesh. And when God has given us so many warnings 
of the perils of the flesh-dominated life. God help us if we don't obey him. But if we become covetous, if we become greedy, if we begin to take advantage of other people because of our own position. Jesus said to his disciples, the heathen love to exercise lordship over others, but it shall not be so among you. For whosoever would be the chief among you, let him be the servant of all. Now well, that's what it's to be like in the kingdom. Not to be taking advantage of your position, if you have a position of leadership or authority over others. Not to be using it for your own personal advantage. Not to be using it to build your own house as the king did. Not to take unfair advantage of other people. If they work for you, pay them. And if you're going to be the chief, then learn to be the servant of all rather than taking, give, and use your position to help and to give to those that are, with, that are lacking. And thus shall you truly be the servant of the Lord. God help us. God said, hey, I spoke to you in your prosperity. You wouldn't listen. And that's been the case from the beginning. You just haven't listened. You haven't obeyed my voice from the beginning. The wind shall eat up all of your pastors and all of your lovers shall go into captivity. Surely then thou shalt be ashamed and confounded for all of your wickedness. O inhabitant of Lebanon, that makes thy nest in the cedars, how gracious shalt thou be when pangs come upon thee, the pain as of a woman in travail. As I live, saith the Lord, though Coniah, the son of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, were the signet upon my right hand, yet would I pluck thee thence. Coniah, of course, is Jeconiah, who reigned just a short period and was cut off three months is all that he reigned. And God said, though he were the signet, on my ring, on my right hand, yet I would pluck thee thence. For I will give thee into the hand of them that seek your life, and into the hand of them whose face you fear, even into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and into the hand of the Chaldeans. And I will cast thee out and thy mother that bear thee into another country, where ye were not born, and there shall ye die. But to the land whereinto they desire to return thither shall they not return. You'll never come back again. You're going to die in captivity. Is this man, Jeconiah, a despised, broken idol? Is he a vessel wherein is no pleasure? Wherefore are they cast out, he and his seed, and are cast into a land which they know not? Oh, earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. You see, God had been speaking to men for a long time. God said, you're not listening. 
I, I spoke to you in a time of your prosperity. You wouldn't listen to me. And so finally, Jeremiah is so upset here. He's given this message to these people. They're not listening. So he turns and he says, oh, earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. They won't listen. Earth, you listen. <laughs> you ever had the problem of talking in a group of people and you look up and no one's listening? You know, you're telling something very interesting. A lot of times I turn and talk to my menu. <laughs> no one else is listening, you know. Oh, earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, write ye this man childless, a man that shall not prosper in his days, for no man of his seed shall prosper sitting on the throne of David and ruling anymore in Judah. This is the end of the line. Zedekiah is it. The dynasty is cut off with him. No one's going to arise of his seed to reign on the throne in Judah. That is a fact. It has happened. That was the end of the road for that dynasty. continue with more of our verse-by-verse -verse Bible study in the book of Jeremiah in our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Jeremiah 22 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and bless you and strengthen you for this week. May the anointing of God's Holy Spirit rest upon your life, and through His beauty, may your life shine forth. May God cause the fullness of His Spirit to rest upon you, and may your life be a strong testimony and a witness to those around of the grace and the love of our Lord. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. I'd like to tell you about a book written by Chuck Smith entitled Living Water. In this book, Pastor Chuck explains how God has the power to change your life through His Holy Spirit. This book will help you to understand how the Holy Spirit works in your life, covering such topics as who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? 
What are the gifts of the Spirit and how should I respond? It's Pastor Chuck's desire that by God's grace and through this book, the Lord will develop in you a hunger and thirst for the things after the Spirit that will help you come into a deeper and personal relationship with Him, transforming your life. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download Living Water by Chuck Smith. Or if you'd like to order this book in print, call The Word for Today at 800-272-WORD. That's 800-272-9673.